ladies, humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM. And I am Jared. Hey Jared, how's it going? Uh, pretty, uh, pretty alright. How Thanks. about you? How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, woke up pretty allergy-y this morning and like, uh headachey and all that stuff so i've been trying to get past that but other than that i'm uh i'm, I'm okay just cruising through <laughs> yeah doing my best doing my best that's uh, all we can really do these days yeah yeah yep 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 um yeah uh haven't been yeah, playing are, any, hmm? any yeah i was just gonna say what's new any new games any new life updates just uh, practice and <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I did play a game a little bit earlier called, uh, oh, damn it, what was it? Adonai posted it. I'm going to have to make some noises and click. Adonai posted it in the Slack. It's by Himpuli. Uh, oh, yeah. It's called It's it. a Me. Yes. I haven't played it yet. Is it good? <laughs> oh, no. It's... <laughs> You'll oh, no. play it and you'll be like, oh, okay. So it's on itch.io for anybody who wants to try it out. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, you know, feel free to give him Pooley some money. Um, but I wouldn't, uh, uh, maybe you'll want to pay. I don't know. You know, maybe you download it and then you come back later and donate because that's how itch works. But, uh, or maybe you pay right away because you're like, oh, this is. So for anyone who doesn't know, him uh, Pooley made uh, Baba is, Baba is you? Is yeah, Baba is yeah. you. Yeah. Which is just one of my absolute favorite games, and I still regret that we didn't publish that. Me too. Me um, too. Because <laughs> that game is ah oh, ah. Oh, now there's like a level editor and everything. It's so good. It's such a cool game. Um, but yeah, that was pretty fun. Other than that, I haven't been playing too terribly much. You know, helping a helping a friend through Elden Ring right now uh, from the start. So that's good. Couple oh, of nice. Actually. Yeah. Nice playing the Elden Ring tour guide. I wish Nigel would let us give him a tour in Elden Ring. We could carry his ass so hard. <clears throat> right? But also, like, let him feel a sense of accomplishment and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have uh, I... Oh, go on. Well, I was just going to say, I'm st I still have not beat it yet, but I'm slowly making my way through. Nice. Well, you ever want some jolly cooperation? I'm... Yeah, I, um... The last thing I did, the, uh... I forget his name, but it's like the the guy at the end of the Volcano Manor quest, the like serpent dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just killed him, so that <laughs> oh, was nice. fun. I like that fight. He's gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Won't say anything about him for anyone who hasn't gotten there, but uh yeah, That's what gross. a cool <laughs> fight. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the the ball. Yeah, Ugh, it's so metal. It's so fucking metal. Oh hell yeah! It's like, <laughs> I think that whole game is just based on like posters for music, <laughs> like like heavy metal album covers. <laughs> like yeah, heavy metal album covers. Like the first, the opening areas are all like like weird like new age hippie like posters and stuff like that i feel like because mm -hmm. there's like all these like weird like castles like way up in the sky and stuff like that and like you know a moon that's just fucking huge and then yeah you get to uh you get to that place in volcano manor and it's like this is a fucking metal album this is the mm -hmm. most metal shit it's so good i was uh 
I was going to say that my secret for helping low-level characters is to, I don't remember if we've done this, is to use low-level weapons. Oh, yeah, yeah, so you're not just one-shotting everything. Yeah, like, if you go in with, like, level one weapons, you, it still takes you a few hits. Cause, and, you know, further cementing that it's actually, like, weapons, not your stats, that, that really affect how oh, much yeah. damage you do. Uh, but, yeah, it's always fun going through places and, like, seeing someone react to um, stuff, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like those kind of, like, oh, shit moments that they have. <laughs> yeah and you just be cool about it you're like here we go we're walking into this room i'm not going to tell you what's about to happen because i'm your friend and i want you to experience the game but <laughs> yeah we need to uh, we need to play again because we played you know we used to play and i'm i you know more towards the end but we need to play again but also speaking of all of this you know you and i used to play elden ring with anna um and the three of us need to play again yeah, like that would be really, really soon. nice. Yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I haven't seen her on there in a little while. I think she, I think she beat it and, and moved on. But it would be good to to get back and do some of that. Um, what do you, you think, should, Anna? Yeah. Oh, I was not, I was not sure if I can like jump in. I was like holding. <laughs> I want to talk about Elden Ring as well. <laughs> uh, hi, Anna. No, I've uh, hi. I've not been playing it because I don't really feel like playing it alone. So I was waiting for you guys to kind of like, hey, come and play. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Oh, well, Hey, yeah. come play. I mean, okay. Should we just dump this? Yeah, right after this. this. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Let's just hop on. People can listen to us play Elden Ring. I mean, it's going to be probably uh-huh. more interesting than what I have to say. <laughs> what would Anna have to say? Not much. Let's do, like, so real Anna. So... This is Anna Sayetska. She is one of our producers at Devolver Digital and has been a producer at Devolver Digital for oh, many God. years now. Yeah, like eight years. Eight years? You were the second producer? Like Andrew was the original producer and you were the first one hired after Andrew, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, welcome to the show, Anna. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think I've been like dodging this for so long. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like I've I've like made the hype grow until I'm here, and then I will so let you down. So so you you yeah you made a big deal out of it, and so now it will be the letdown you always thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. that. Nice, perfect. Stuff of my nightmares. <laughs> the expectations are set, and uh, we're going to meet them. Uh-huh. Greatly going to meet them. Going to be a That's terrible how it show. Works. Yeah, hopefully we don't have any awkward silences. Eh. Oh, Anna, that was that was the cutest silence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fuck. See, I told you. Here I the whole I... podcast. It begins. Uh, so Anna, you've been, you've, gosh, how many? So, like eight years. How many Devolver games do you think you've done production on? Oof. Uh, I think like, um, until we started hiring more producers i was basically on every game for like the first years that it's been just me and andrew because we didn't split the games between each other we've just been like working simultaneously on all of them nice i honestly don't keep count (laughs) sure i mean just fired them all out yeah uh how did you get into video games um as most people do, through game testing. 
that's kind of like the yeah. the smoothest and easiest way i i think um both because you get to know like the you know the other side of it and also like you mm -hmm. uh, like through working you kind of if you're lucky enough uh you get to have some contacts you know in other mm -hmm. companies that you work for or with uh and you know like once you kind of like want to move on or like change your career you you know you have someone you know to ping like hey are you looking for someone to start like actually in game development or game production or whatever it is you want to do so did you get into working in games deliberately or did you just get a job doing testing and then like oh i could do this i mean game testing was basically my first like long-term job and uh, I literally just stumbled upon an ad and I thought like wow why I haven't thought about this before like this sounds <laughs> like a, a dream job you know because I've been like a game nerd since I was very little um, so I applied and uh, they called back soon after and uh, I've basically stayed in gaming since then Nice. I didn't really have a plan to be a producer back then. I just wanted to kind of work with games in any way. Yeah. What happened after testing? Like, what did you... How did you do that? Um, Tell the whole story up until Devolver. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not an exciting story. It was basically just, just testing and kind of, uh, uh, you know, going up the ladder. So um, my... Last year in game testing, I was actually a test lead by uh, by that point, and uh, my main uh, partner was uh, that I was working with was Devolver, mm. uh, and that's kind of how I met Andrew. Um, and then, I mean, basically, they that was the first time that they've been doing outsourced testing ever, because. Mm. Uh, apparently, before their testing was, uh, uh, you know, uh, through a company named Nigel. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was like their their kind of first try of like doing outsourced testing. So uh, that was uh, new for them, but also kind of new for me because, um, you know, Devolver was like I think one of the companies that gave me like absolute freedom on how I want to approach, uh, you know, testing of a project. Because usually, like, if you're working with partners, they have, like, set expectations. They usually, like, because obviously, like, you know, you, you do work with triple uh, A games and they have, mm -hmm. like, huge test lists and, you know, test cases. Like, everything is, like, kind of prepared and uh, which is good on one hand, but, you know, they don't give you much freedom. So um, what does that mean? They, like, tell you, we need you to test these zones and we need to test yeah. these situations? Yeah, they basically give you focus points or, or test cases and okay. you need to focus on that and usually only that. Um, and with with Devolver, it was basically, okay, like, we know nothing about testing and obviously <laughs> you do. So <laughs> just, you know, do what you do best and then, you know, like, give us the results. So it was, like refreshing to like cool i can like you know we can decide what to focus on and if we can see a problem we can work around it and not like focus on like because te again test cases have their advantages but at some point like half of the test cases are useless because it's the very basic stuff that you just 
test because it's on the list, but it never breaks, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and if you're given a free hand, you, you can just be more creative about it as well. Really trying to break things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and that, that was one thing. And obviously the other was that, you know, Devolver, as you may know, is not a very formal company as like we don't what? tend to be yeah i know shocking i won't stand for this slander uh so it was nice to actually like talk with another person as with another person not as uh you know someone that gives you a task to do and yeah. and kind of like you feel like you're being looked down on in a way yeah uh and, you know, it was a very intimate kind of uh, contact, as in, like, one-on-one -on -one, instead of, like, via email with, like, 15 other people that you don't <laughs> know and you don't know who they are. So you kind of have to, like, stay very formal and safe and, you know, like, it feels very detached in a way. Sure, yeah. So it was nice to have that. You oh know, yeah from, from it Andrew, was oh, devolver like have that trust also though like uh, hey, yeah exactly you... like it was it was the trust it was the freedom it was like the most pleasant project projects that i've been working on um and and then did you say hey i want out of this i want to come work at devolver or did andrew say hey no come it was over here. no it was a little bit different it was like as i said that at that point i was a test lead and i've been mm -hmm. a test lead for a while and i kind of felt uh, because above uh, that there was, you know, there was a project manager, but those are just few of them. And, you know, if uh, there is no necessity of creating another position, then you have very little chance of like going up. Mm -hmm. uh, so it felt like, okay, I, I've been on that position for a while now. I want to like do something else, like, you know, move on, move up, whatever. And it's not going to be here, so um, for a while I... I mean, I decided to leave uh, testing mm -hmm. and kind of try, like, in-game production. Um, and I did tell the Volver, obviously, because uh, you kind of, like, uh, give the project to someone else. So they knew mm -hmm. I kind of left. And uh, after a few months, they've contacted me if I wanted to join them because uh, they would need a producer because they, you know, uh, that was the point where they kept signing more games mm -hmm. and Andrew, you know, could use help and I had the QA background so I could, and had I had the contacts with the QA uh, so it kind of like made sense, I guess. Nice. And obviously like, fuck yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just been all downhill from there. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was excited, but oof. That went Look away quickly. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? Oh, this lack of professionalism, this lack of structure. That's just the whole company, is it? <laughs> <laughs> just kept holding out for it to get better, and it never did. <laughs> it never did. <laughs> no, but actually, like, I, I love the way that we are as in that the lack of the professional i mean it's not actually the lack of professionalism is it's the lack of that red tape and you know like uh the boundaries that you know corporates have and uh yeah. you know the, how we are just friends with each other 
not colleagues. Yeah. It's it's a. I mean, with exceptions. I mean, I would think we'd be friends <laughs> and colleagues, but apparently on us. Oh, you know what I mean? It's what like, about, you know, friends, oh my God. You she know what I mean? These, these guys are not my peers professionally. Oh my God. I want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're out there. These are some simple friends of mine. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And, uh,. Yeah, it's actually like the first time that I feel like it's it's like the kind of the the friendship and closeness on like with everyone across the company. Not like yeah. Usually like of of course you have friends where you work, but it's usually like, you know, people that are closest to you, but not your boss, you know, not like, you know, people like in the other room or whatever, but here it feels like it's just as cliché as it sounds like a one big family. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's nice being able to, like, you know, Harry's the CEO, but, like, when I see Harry, you know, we can chat, and it's just normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really nice. It's just you don't feel that distance between yeah. you. Obviously, there is some kind of a distance, because, you know, with the age and, you know, like, culture, whatever, the kind of, like, sure. visual things, but you always feel like you can talk with any of the Volvers about anything, really. Yeah. Nice. It is nice, yeah. Yeah, and I think too, like, because you, you know, you said we're friends and definitely not colleagues, but, um, but that, uh, <laughs> that's it's so true though, because like the three of us have all like, like in our free time, we'll play games together yeah. and stuff like that, and I, it is really nice. And I think a lot of other companies, even like game companies, people aren't that close. So I, I yeah. it's mm. just, it's great. Yeah. I need to get y'all playing Valheim. I do. Oh yeah, play we Valheim, do. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, I had something. Oh, so this is something actually that I have wondered for a long time, and now that we're on the podcast, it's time for me to ask it. Because y'all will play games, and um, what what y'all have the ability to do in real life that you know me and a lot of other people don't necessarily do as well is the ability to just not talk. Um just to be silent and comfortable in silence uh and uh you mean with I another person yeah with other people around right. sorry yeah yeah with other people around um you know i always remembered seeing jared and zane and rick their dad you know at e3 and they would all just be sitting together not talking <laughs> but it was it never seemed like weird like it seemed unusual like most people don't do that but it always seemed comfortable among them and then, you know, Anna, y- y- y'all have the same. So y'all play games, and then I would come in, and I start talking, and I always couldn't help but wonder if I was ruining the vibe. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Like, without me. Absolutely. Like, it's just this comfort. No. Thank you. There's that all. There's, I mean, all I I'm glad you, you brought that up, because, yes, you did. <laughs> always. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, no, talk it's, when I'm playing games, so. No, it's it's not that. Like, I, I always... I always find like being comfortable in silence with someone is something so rare. Mm-hmm. But also like I really really appreciate if I if I can be silent with someone. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think like you know like you just you 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 you're ruining anything or anything well, like that. Well my real question, my real question oh, is okay. what's it like when it's just y'all? Is it just dead silence while you play the game? Oh no. No. No, no, we talk. We yeah. talk. About talk you. 
<laughs> just that you know, when I you wish. join, it's kind of like, ugh, awkward. Ooh. Oh, no. What do we say now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I, one time. Uh, Anna and I were playing Borderlands, and I got to explain to her the complexities of the Manson family murders. So, like, <laughs> yeah, <know>. the usual. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Now I want to know that. All right. I got to just be quiet more when we play so I can learn. <laughs> it's quite funny. And I also think like if there is a, I always find like if there is a person that kind of is the talkative one, mm -hmm. uh, you kind of like subconsciously, you know, give them reins to like lead the conversation. If you're a person yeah. that, you know, you don't really are the talkative one. You kind of like, oh, okay, he's the one that he will like ask questions or start a topic or whatever. Like, and I will yeah. join or start something. But I don't feel like I never feel like super pressed on doing it. So, no, it's, I it's think, yeah, that's a good point because I think that um, there, are, you know, there there are people who just feel uncomfortable in silence and they feel the need to make like small talk or whatever. Which is fine, you know, but yeah. when they're in a group of people that don't like making small talk, it does seem like, you know, like they, it, it, there is that weird dynamic where they're like, yeah, just kind of let them lead the conversation. Because if you, if you try to do the opposite, if you try to jump in, then it just feels weird and forced and I yeah. think it makes the other person feel uncomfortable. They're like, no, you like to talk, like you talk and we'll react to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was having a conversation i mean on facebook or whatever but uh you know there's all these articles about like if you're an introvert like how to like you know get involved in conversations and there's not enough articles about like if you're an extrovert how to shut the fuck up and listen <laughs> um yeah, do you guys so. ever watch charisma on command it's a youtube channel uh, no. no fantastic it's definitely it's really cool and really entertaining and i found it very helpful like just a bunch of different videos and like mainly he'll focus on like different celebrity things like he'll be like yeah. look at this interview where like look at this instance where like this person freaked out um like he talked about like the will smith thing at the oscars but the guy is like a master at chemistry and yeah. he'll like break things down and it can be everything from like you know how to assert yourself more into a conversation mm -hmm. um or to like what you were saying jam it's like how do like actively listen to someone or like how to get people like how to command respect without being uh, you know, like a, like dominant. a jerk. Yeah, like yeah. without being dominant or like how to like, you know, little things that make people like you. It's like, and nice. some of it's pretty obvious, but it's really cool. Like it breaks it down. Ta really, really cool channel. I highly recommend anybody. Charisma like, on command. Yeah, especially it... if you're introverted and you're looking more for like, like how do I make a conversation? There's plenty of videos. It's like, yeah. here's what you talk about. Or like, these are the kinds of questions that you should ask people to get them to start talking. So you don't have to talk, but they feel like they're talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> really cool. Interesting. I will check that out. Yeah. Learn how I to some... be around people. Cool. <laughs> you say that like you're not one of the most popular people at Devolver. I'm not. Uh, oh, shut up. Bullshit. Stop lying. Oh, bullshit. Fucking, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not popular. Everybody just loves to hang out and talk to me. That's all. It's not like we've celebrated your birthday a hundred thousand times. Everywhere we go. I so fucking miss that. <laughs> I knew it. Knew. I knew you loved it. <laughs> so for anybody listening who doesn't know, it's a Devolver tradition that whenever we meet up for like PAX or E3 or whatever, <laughs> every anyway. time... Every time we go out to dinner, 
it's Anna's birthday and we let the staff know and we sing a song and usually get her a dessert. It happens every single time. And she's a really smart person, but she never fucking sees it coming. Never sees it coming. Like, I don't get it. It's great. (laughs) It's like the second, it's like the second boss phase in Elden Ring. Like, it's just a surprise every time, even though it happens every fucking time. You know it's going to be there, but... (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just naive and I'm like, maybe not today. Maybe they forgot. You know. They're probably sick of this joke by yeah, now, surely. and it's never the case. <laughs> nope. I love that it's it's snuck its way into other things, too. So, like, there's an Easter egg in Gato Roboto. Oh, my God. It <laughs> just says, Happy Birthday, Anna. And I'm sure people have found it, like, what the fuck is this? What? <laughs> Who the fuck is Anna? <laughs> I mean, happy birthday, I guess. <laughs> Apparently, they, they've put something in Demon Troll as well. Oh, oh nice. perfect. I have yeah, not I'm seen not... that. I gotta... <laughs> Oh, I'm not one of the most popular people at Devolver. I just show up in a oh, bunch of games. Oh, come on. Like, how many, how many, hey, JM, how many Easter eggs of you are there? Oh, my games? God. Uh, one. One? Okay, so Anna's, uh, yeah, definitely Anna's more popular than you. Yeah. At least twice as much. At least Easter twice as popular. I have a hat It doesn't Omnibus. count. They're both from Doinksoft. They are obsessed with us. We I know, know Doinksoft why. games don't count. <laughs> no, they're not real games. <laughs> they're not real games. <laughs> If you ever listened to the forecast, you would have heard we had him on last week. And, uh, yeah, not real good. <laughs> they love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they know I love them. I thought you were about to say they know they're not real games. They know. No, oh, come <laughs> they on. know that they make bullshit games that nobody I mean, wants to play. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> One does not exclude the other. <laughs> oh, man. Um... So what are some, uh, you know, thoughts you have on, I mean, really, I'm, I'm interested in both production and testing. Like, if you have any things you want to share, how those relate. But, you know, a lot of the folks that listen to the show, we don't actually know anything about anybody who listens to the show. But we assume that some people who listen to the show are small or hobby or, you know, burgeoning indie devs. So any aspect of, like, you know, how a game gets made is super helpful to know. Even if it seems boring and, like, you know, pedestrian to you? Uh, I think it's, like, a a very broad subject. And it's kind of hard to kind of, like, just say it in a few points. So I need a more precise question. Because it's hard to just, like, talk in general about something that can be so specific as well. Or I can just ramble. <laughs> yeah, just ramble. Yeah, go for it. That's I mean that's basically what I'm asking you to do is just ramble. Um yeah, so uh I think like the the thing that helped me most like having a QA background is that you kind of know the the other side of it and how it's organized and uh it's not only about the testing itself but like how people are recruited and how hard or easy it can be to like ramp up or down a project which seems like a very like almost like a non-important thing but uh, like when you want a quality testing you know that if you have five people in a group and suddenly you want to ramp it up to like 30 of course a testing company can do it but those people will be recruited very quickly (laughs) and uh, you know like they 
you know, uh, th they can't really be, uh, you know, picky about them because someone wants 30 people tomorrow, yeah. period. Uh, so, like, I know that these kind of requests do not make sense because it will basically mean a lower quality in testing. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I've been, like, always pushing uh, among other producers. Like, if you know something's coming, please let me know in advance. Because obviously we can get people, but, like, you know, if it's a returning project, you want people that have been testing it before instead of new people. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, like, little things like that. And obviously, like, having contacts with, with QA is, uh, you know, makes makes things so much easier because um, not at this point but uh, when I just moved to Devolver like obviously the contacts I had in testing were people I've been working with before so we were basically very close and very casual so you know like we basically skipped the email bullshit and we were just talking mm -hmm. through messengers and kind of like you know I just need five people and they told me like honestly can they do it or not? And, you mm -hmm. know, you kind of, because you've been working with them and you know how it works, you kind of trust them. If they say you cannot, it's better to move the projects instead of like pushing it for like earlier. But yeah, because you know what will happen, right? Uh, like basically it can be done, but uh, it's going to be new people, the fresh people, like uh, inexperienced ones. Yeah, so it's helpful for them, it sounds like, to be able to actually tell you no. Oh, yeah, and, you know, because yet, they can know. be actually honest with me as well, like, yeah. what can be done and cannot, uh, because, again, because you've been on the other side, I know how testing companies, I mean, I generally companies, like, if there is a uh, a customer, they want to impress them, Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes it's done uh, with a little help that the customer does not about does not know about, you know, uh, like putting more people on a project that are not being built just to kind of impress the customer. But like it's not oh. the actual image of what they can do, right? Because mm -hmm. like obviously, if, if you continue working, they will put as many people as they can instead of like adding those extra ones. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I kind of see, like, again, it's not just gaming. I think it's, like, everywhere. But, like, there are just, like, some little things that companies do just to kind of tweak the numbers, you know, uh, give yeah. the customer a better impression. But it's all at cost. And, um, like, once you're aware of that, having uh, people that you can trust and that are honest with you about what they can actually do and not, like, lie about, like, yes, we can do. And then just kind of... Uh, trying to cheat their way through it it's uh, yeah. it's kind of a comforting and uh, you know like if they say like they will do it they will do it but if they cannot I also trust them and we will try yeah. to like figure something around that like I never like I'm never like very strict about like no I need next week and like I don't care like what you do we need have we need to have that next week we kind of like if they say they cannot do it we're just like okay like what what can we do then mm -hmm. uh, so I guess like it's 
I'm hoping <laughs> it's also like uh, better for them to to have someone that actually like listens um, yeah. to you know their availability as well. Nice. What was the what has the transition been like? I mean, I guess it's all in the past tense now, but from QA to you know production to you know working directly with an indie development team. Um. I mean, it's, uh, I've been kind of in a lucky place back then because uh, Devolver, back then, that was like, we had, what, three games a year? Yeah. Uh, oh, good old times. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, like, uh, obviously there were projects to take care of, but there was not that much pressure, that not that much going on. So I was free to kind of like slowly learn in my own pace and like you know what to do in the daily basis like you know what what it actually means to produce a game how the submissions work like what can what we can do to help um you know developers it was kind of like a, a kind of like a natural process in a very comfortable pace yeah. uh and again we've just been a few and you know it is basically been just me and Andrew like on calls every day just talking either about work or life uh mm -hmm. which again it felt like really cool because you feel closer to the person that you're working with he's not just a person you work with you kind of not know him or her as a person yeah um so yeah like i kind oh, of like ha so had in hmm? i want to hang out with andrew all the time that's so cool <laughs> uh, that's been yeah it, it kind of changed like obviously like I miss those times because yeah. it's not possible now we have uh, what seven eight producers now uh, so it's hard to have one on one yeah. time and you know it's obviously it is still personal during our calls but it's not as personal as you know if it's just two people talking right yeah Um. so yeah I kind of like had had the that the transition was pretty smooth and and I've never felt like you know pressured or uh, you know like I like there were like just normal expectations you know just learn yeah. as you go. Nice. So you got to be like, would you say it was kind of like almost like an apprenticeship? Yeah, yeah. Basically, like you know, like Andrew was telling me like, "Hey, I need you to help me with this," or I was just like, you know, hanging around when he was doing something, so I could like watch and learn. It was like yeah. a yeah, basically, apprenticeship is a good word for that. Nice. Oh, that's cool. And then, how has that role developed in recent years? Uh, I mean, obviously, like you know, the my responsibilities grew and. Um, like now it uh with the recent changes like the kind of whole process changed because right now every producer uh is responsible for their own games like we do not really share games between each other mm -hmm. uh obviously like you know we all know what's going on on our projects but uh we are, you know a single person is responsible for the project x for example yeah uh and uh, yeah, so every producer has uh, a few games to take care of and uh, additionally a few other things to take care of. In my case, 
because of my QA background, I'm, I'm, I'm the person that kind of organizes and uh, supervises the testing done but on all of our games. Yeah. Um, which kind of takes a big chunk of my time. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we have so fucking many games. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, obviously, like, uh, helping with anything, really, uh, that's needed on the project. I'm also helping, like, with submissions and certifications for all of the games. Um, but yeah, like, I think main difference is just basically taking ownership, like, full ownership of a project. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, as in basically again like it's it's not like before it was f good because I was like on a project with Andrew so it was like a shared responsibility and kind of like a mm -hmm. peace of mind that you know like if I forget something there's another person that kind of like can remind me or yeah. ask like hey have you done this or like have we have we done this uh, and now you know it switches basically to like you're responsible from it to start to finish so you're the only person that has to remember all of that stuff and keep track of it and you know yeah what are, what are the interactions like though between you and the dev team like how how does that work you know when you become you know producer for one of these dev teams it's very very different for each yeah. developer i feel like i don't think that you know there is a similar relationship between like two projects because yeah. every again like because we keep things kind of informal and we like to be closer to the devs but not close as in like I'm keeping an eye on what you're doing but just like close as in like do you need anything like you know let me know if you have problems or like you know if you need something else that we didn't talk about um, yeah. and again like the developers are so different like there are some that kind of tend to keep to themselves and you know just work in uh, isolation almost <laughs> um, and obviously like we do check in but uh, they tend to stand away but there are some like they, they want to like uh, talk with you like basically every one or two weeks like to have catch-ups and like you know they, yeah. they show you what they've done like they want they want to be like more uh, I don't know to call it like expressive and, and sharing about their, their stuff yeah um so you kind of like adjust like whenever we kind of have a new project you tend to know like you you, you see the people that you will be in contact with and you kind of like get the feeling of how it will go onwards mm -hmm. like if they're you, you can feel like someone is an introvert or someone is an extrovert or like uh yeah, these people like to talk about their work or these people, they have to, like, kind of poke a little bit, you know, for them to <laughs> share stuff. Uh, so it's very... It's never the same, which is fun. Uh, and I find it, like, having that variety of projects is also... Because it's not only about games, it's also about variety of people you work with and how you have to adjust um, for that communication sometimes to even happen or to be, you know, just flow. Yeah. I really, I really, really enjoy that aspect that, you know, 
no game is the same but no developer is the same and uh, you have all that variety and you can have a developer that is you know like crazy and loud and you know like extrovert but there is that other one that's introvert that you kind of have to poke to <laughs> check in and it's I don't know I enjoy the variety nice Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. 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 Uh, um. <laughs> I was I was sitting here. I was like, all right. I've asked a lot of questions. I bet Jared has a question. No, just nice. Mm, no, I I tuned out. I haven't been listening in the past twenty minutes. I I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do have a question, though, actually. So, it's about, uh, like, when you do game testing. So, obviously, I know that you, you like games and you still play games. But at that point in your life, did that kind of give you burnout on games? Like, oh, no. Like, playing games all day? No, no. you still played it, like, in your free time? I mean, even when I was uh, when I was working in game testing, I was, I was going back from work and just kept playing. Just not the same games. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. It's It was never an issue. Like, I've... I never felt like I need a break or whatever. It's just like, if you like games, it's just, it's a different thing because like testing is not really playing also. Sure. It's yeah. also like, it may be obvious, but for some people it's a common misconception. Like you do not play games for pleasure while testing. It's very, it can be very tedious, very boring, uh, very monotonous work. Um, so when you come back, it's like it's it's a kind of like a different thing. So when when someone like Devolver gives you freedom, like so you know, I can imagine a AAA game is like, all right, go over here, test this menu item, go in this room, test that this gun works, whatever. But like, like when someone like Devolver, you know, gives you freedom in your testing, is that a different? Like, does it feel more like, like, how does that work mentally? Because I feel like you still have to stay in the work mentality. Yeah. But like, I mean, yeah, obviously. That? It's just that, again, and that's where kind of experience comes in as well. Like, you, you wouldn't mm -hmm. like give that kind of freedom to someone that's just started sure. in game testing. Uh, because you kind of have to go through that kind of, um, you do tend to like learn how to break things in a way. <laughs> and once yeah. you do you never I, I I I think it's for me and from people that I've uh, I'm friends with that come from testing as well like they never play the game the same way after testing because once you once you work with testing you kind of like when even when you get back home you catch yourself doing stupid shit that you wouldn't do otherwise Trying to break the game. Yeah. Like, okay. go right. Like, well, what happens if I go left? Like, you know, just, yeah. just, just doing the opposite of what you're being told and, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, doing something that you feel like it will break the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I bet no one thought mm -hmm. about that or, you know, things like this. Um, so that kind of, like, testing mentality, uh, like, never leaves you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of annoying sometimes because you kind of like instead of like enjoying the game as it is you're kind of like thinking about stupid things <laughs> and like <laughs> focusing like oh my god why did no one like catch this or why did no one fix that and obviously I know why uh, dear game developer yeah it's not well, the I testing I purchased your product and 
it's a it's a kind of like a common joke we have like um when you encounter a bug in the game like a very obvious one there is a saying like mm -hmm. oh my god who tested this and it's a joke because obviously we know like it's not about the testers like obviously yeah. obviously that bug was probably reported it's just that uh it's about whether developers thought it's worth fixing or not <laughs> or there was time or you know like if it broke <laughs> 10 other things yeah Oh, yeah, like there's the infamous, I can't remember what game or what level it is, but there's like some game where there's an object in the level and for whatever reason it couldn't be removed or the whole level would break, so they just hit it between a couple yeah. of walls. Things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's I was... Oh. Yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say there was... Uh, um, several months ago I was playing GTA Online <laughs> and somebody was was like cheating somehow and i'm playing on playstation so it's not like pc where people just you know you know run a hack program or, or, or you're not it's not you know, they're not hacking but you know what i mean uh yeah but so they'd somehow like had god mode on in gta online on playstation i'm like what the fuck like i couldn't kill them and they were like sniping me through buildings and stuff like that and i was like what the fuck so i looked it up and there was this this video on like how to turn on God mode or whatever, and it was this weird thing where like you get in your car and someone else gets in your car and you drive into an auto shop while holding the pause button and then you leave your car and then like that other person is in your car and then they like it was this whole convoluted yeah. insane thing that ends in like you or your car being invincible or whatever. Yeah, I remember uh, when I just started. Uh, I I was just uh, started game testing and uh, on one of the projects there was a there was a bug I found and since it was like one of my first days I was feeling like am I going crazy <laughs> like because I did like so some stupid thing like again it was I think like uh, Silent Hill I don't remember which which part of it but there were like mm -hmm. two kind of coins that you were picking up and I was like playing it for an X time and I did them like I picked them up in the wrong uh, order than mm -hmm. what you would usually do and like dropped mm -hmm. it or whatever and then suddenly like they disappeared or whatever and I'm like just because it was like a, that kind of a convoluted way like no you you don't pick this one up you go and pick that one up you drop it then pick this one up and do something mm -hmm. with it and then that resulted in a bug but nothing else so I kind of like <laughs> spent a whole day just kind of like rechecking like am I going crazy <laughs> just because it felt like so weird that, yeah. that that a certain chain of events like a long chain of events resulted in, in a bug and that's how people find things. And then the developers say, like, nah, no one's going to find that. <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. Yeah, like, who did that? Yeah. I'm yeah. not blaming developers. Just saying. <laughs> but I've heard that so many times. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> sure, sure. It's always weird when you're a player. Like, I don't try to break games i'm i'm very i'm very role play when i, I play games you. so i'm very like do what i think the character should do and stuff like i mean i do a little bit of like game stuff like you know i always try to go the wrong way first because you know you never want to go the right way first yeah. you always want to get all the items right um but uh you know every once in a while i'll do something where like it's usually in tutorials where I'll, where I'll just skip the instructions because I know what to do and then I'll do something. And it's the most obvious, it's it's a bug that bugs me. 
because it's so obvious. It's like if I skip the instructions, somehow it suddenly breaks the thing. It's like, don't. Come on. You knew somebody was going to skip the instructions. It's not that hard. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's again, like the, the reasons for not fixing bugs are there are so many that it's yeah. hard to like kind of put the blame on anything or anyone. Sure, sure. That's fair. But it does annoy you, right? <laughs> it's it's I mean something like that, it's like, come on, like don't make me read like how to pick up items when I've already been picking up items for, you know, two screen lengths because I figured mm. it out on my own because I you know, press You're a pro gamer. What they do. You know how to I'm pick up things. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not afraid of just doing things wrong, so that I can learn how to do them right. Yeah, it's, yeah. I uh, I hate that handhelding in games these days. Yeah, so we're coming back around to Elden Ring now. I was just gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that game does not with... hold your hand. No holding your hands. <laughs> way it goes way too far the other direction. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I'll play with some people and they get like they're so embarrassed of dying in the game or they're so like mad about dying in the game like oh I suck this sucks and I'm just like I mean you just die a lot that's the that's the game like like are you talking about you Elden Ring in. specifically or just like in general. I mean, in general, really, but like Elden Ring specifically. But I mean, that's just how do you get good at video games in general? You just be bad at them a lot. Does that make there, sense? There, yeah, uh, there are certain types of people though that like if they're just naturally not good at something when they start it, they, you know, they don't show any interest in getting good. Yeah, I hate to say getting good, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like there's there's hard games for sure, but like mm -hmm. some people just. Even if it's not a hard game, they like if they don't automatically kind of grasp it. Yeah. Then they they're like, ah, this ain't for me. There are definitely certain vibes in games where it's being too aggressively obtuse, or like the difficulty is not in game; it's more like functional difficulty. Mm. Like it mm -hmm. doesn't quite work right. I'll bail on a game like that like so fast. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. Yeah, those those like um, like artificial difficulties are are the worst. Yeah, where it's, it's just it doesn't actually make the game harder. It just like either nerfs you or buffs the enemies, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find the the trend of um, because uh, I don't like when the games have the hard mode, but it basically changes nothing, just turns enemies into sponges. You know, like that yeah. kind of a thing. I oh, hate, I hate that. that so much. I really appreciate a game when, you know, uh, anything beyond, like, normal mode is not just increased hit points, but, you know, you actually have to do something additional. Yeah. Even just, yeah, even just increasing the number of enemies is better than increasing oh, yeah. the hit points oh, of enemies. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I do love the way Elden Ring does it. Like, you know, the things they do right are combat, for sure, like. You see enemies early on, and, you know, they do get more hit points as you, you know, get the ability to do more damage later on. But, like, most importantly, they, like, do, they start using different moves on you. And that's what's cool. I always remember when I had a conversation with someone that said, uh, because I really like the hard difficulty uh, in The Witcher. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember talking with someone that I think played on normal or something, and he said that... Uh, you know, he never actually felt like a witcher, you know, like, because it was kind of easy. 
uh, and he didn't use any spells or you know oils or anything like that and I was like well did you try playing on harder difficulty because what they did is not just increasing the hit points but basically if you didn't learn the enemy beforehand and didn't mm -hmm. use specific oil or specific potion on yourself uh, you were basically fucked but you know it was kind of like a a cool thing but it was not about the hit points but it was more about the preparation so it kind of made yeah. you feel like oh I'm like actually like a witcher because I do have to prepare and and study and then uh, you know use specific things there's yeah, so, there are so many games that are just going the easy way and just uh, hit points hit points yeah did you guys ever play stalker no it, yes um, it has a <laughs> that one has a very <laughs> funny way of handling difficulty like you could almost even say it's a bug but like they do this thing so like on the easier difficulties they 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 scale that uh, they don't scale the enemy's health they just scale like bullet damage essentially mm. um but they also will like do a thing where like on the lower difficulties the guns have less range so bullets will just disappear at a certain mm. point um, so enemies can't shoot you from far away, but it also applies to you. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is that your bullets disappear at a certain point and, you know, like your headshots are not killing anybody because you're doing so little damage and that's mm. a game with like resource management. So it's funny because that game is way, way harder to play on easy <laughs> than it is on hard. <laughs> that's, that's funny. One of my favorite, um difficulty modes was in way of the samurai 2 oh and damn that game is great those games are awesome i love that uh and there is uh I, and i don't know i need to i need to actually play the later ones i'm just so scared to because i love the first two so much uh but um there's a one hit kill mode where like you've got your samurai sword and it's a permadeath game like you die like or i guess it would be i guess it'd be called a roguelite now but like you die you have to start the whole thing over and you lose your sword and all the upgrades you've gotten for that sword because in those games you upgrade your weapons um but there's one hit kill mode where it's everybody one hit kill you hit an enemy <laughs> once they die if any enemy hits you once you die and for a fucking samurai game with a bunch of katanas that was so good it was so good I love that so much. That's, That's cool. my favorite kind of difficulty mode, where it like it makes it harder for you and the enemy. Like so, it it's it's almost kind of like what you're talking about with Stalker, where like your sniper rounds would do more damage in hard mode than they would in yeah. easy mode. Yeah, yeah. So it's it just levels that playing field in a brutal kind of way. I, I like those like almost like goofy difficulties because that like one hit kill mode. You could al almost argue like, d does that make the game easier? Or more difficult it doesn't even matter it's just a weird mode yeah like i remember um like the original max pain uh you know it had like easy normal and hard but then they had a mode called new york minute where just if you didn't beat the level in one minute you would die and it was just like really hard but in a different way because you're not yeah. trying to play the game you're just trying to run fucking past everybody <laughs> had another difficulty thing and i lost it oh well well my latest hated difficulty thing was the newest horizon which i think i was complaining to you before jam yeah uh 
and it's been yeah it was a typical sponge thing uh mm. but again like i love the first game and uh again platinum trophy i loved it hard mode all the way and i loved you know using all the traps and bows and shit and uh, the second one was such a letdown because i felt like they i i don't know it was really even hard for me to like put a finger on it but i so did not enjoy harder levels especially like the boss fights where ugh, like enemies had so many hit points but they were hitting you in a way that was hard to dodge and uh, some of them had like one hit kills Ooh. so i was like why i mean you know if, you, if you're given like the enemy options for one hit kill why i don't you know like make it fair <laughs> like as yeah. you said uh it's just like a kind of a cheap way to make it quote difficult mm -hmm. yeah. you know what a hidden difficulty thing is that i just thought about was fucking battle toads oh my god <sighs> good lord what because, about battle toads well just because like you know it's a beat-em-up right so you yeah. would think oh play with two people and it will be easier because there's yeah. two of you but yeah. the fact that you can beat each other up makes it so much fucking harder oh my god there's this game uh so i wouldn't say that trying. was that was sorry i wouldn't say that was the main problem with that game when it comes to difficulty <laughs> what do you have it's, against battle toads it's also battle literally impossible <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all the flashbacks Ugh. uh so we were talking about trying a while back i can't remember if i talked to you about oh this yeah year. But they released a game called Nine Parchments. Yes, yes. Did I talk about this already? I remember, you, yeah. Because when we were talking about trying, you were telling me about this game. Because I hadn't even heard of it. <laughs> so I'm going to complain about it again just because of the difficulty thing. Because it's funny. Um, but basically, it's like a, like a Diablo-style game. But it's up to four-player co-op. And you're all wizards from the Wizard Academy or whatever. And you fire, like, basically elemental laser beams out of your wand. And you kill enemies with them. And I got it to play with my family on our, like, Sunday family get-together game. I'm like, oh, this will be fun, lighthearted. I can play it with my, like, you know, uh, with my little brother and stuff like that. And, um, but the game, like Battletoads, has, like, team damage. Mm. And you can't turn it off. So you're firing lasers across the map. And, like, you've got four players all firing lasers at enemies. So you all end up shooting each other and interrupting each other's attacks and damaging each other. And what's fucking weird is that there is a toggle for it, but you can't turn it off. You can just switch it to split the damage 50-50 between the person shooting it and the person who gets shot. Wow. <laughs> that solves it. it so <laughs> fucking weird. Like, like what? Uh, and it was a neat game. It was it was cool. It was nifty. I mean, in the way that the Trine games are, like, they're, they're very beautiful. And this mm -hmm. one, like, had a cool thing where, like, if I'm firing like an ice beam and you fire a, a fire beam and we like intersect them, then it'll shoot like a steam beam out or something mm -hmm. like that. Like you could mix the elemental, like between two people, you could mix the elements and get like a, you know, a third thing that you couldn't normally do. But yeah, what a weird hidden, like difficulty thing. Like you're saying where it's just like, what the, this is awful. <laughs> And that's our show. That's our hour. <laughs> Anna, you made it through the hour. How was it? It was, uh, yeah, 
it was okay. It was okay. As abysmal as okay. you dreamed of. Uh, no, I mean, I I told you it's 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 my nightmares to like be in this kind of situation. I, I've become very self-aware, so this is not something I dream of. This is something I nightmare of. <laughs> so it would now be a bad time to tell you that you're going to take over as co-host. Oh. For me, you and Jared are going to do this. Oh my now. god, I'd be like, I mean, that would be Our easy. We'll just silence. Yeah, we'll just. <laughs> it'll be comfortable for us. <laughs> Not sure about the others. It'll be Episode like one hundred seven. We will have fun. Silence. We will have you know, fun. Like a, those like YouTube videos where it's like a remix of a song, but it's like, but I'm hiding in the bathroom away from people, so it's just like a couple of noises and something in the, like that that's what the podcast will be is it's just the sounds of us playing games but you just hear the controller and then very faintly just, some audio click click fuck click click yeah. 20 minutes in whoever the guest is goes uh are we starting <laughs> I mean uh, yeah sure I can do it <laughs> all right new era of the forecast begins uh, well, thanks for being on here. Thanks for stepping out of your comfort zone to share your experiences with everybody. We appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you for having me. I kind yeah, of absolutely. wanted to do it. It's just, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just weird. Yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, all right. So, Jared, don't listen to me. Just go when you go. And uh, and 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 just keep going no matter what, no matter how it sounds, because of the delay. But um, happy birthday oh my God. To, to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, dear Anna! Happy birthday to you! This is just oh my God! <laughs> Oh, this was just as horrible and desynchronized as always. <laughs> uh, thank uh, you. Anna, did you know that you can find Devolver Digital on Twitter? Twitter.com slash Devolver Digital or oh on Instagram God. or on TikTok or Discord.gg slash Devolver Digital or Twitch.tv slash Devolver Digital or www.devolverdigital.com. Did you know about this, Anna? Is that did all? You, have you heard Is about that all? this? Is that? I think it's uh, Facebook. <laughs> Shit. <clears throat> think that's all of them now we're i think we have a reddit page but i don't think we we do anything with that don't we i don't know i think yeah i think one exists but it's i think nothing exists. happens there yeah all right anyway thanks for listening everybody Goodbye, happy everybody. birthday Anna. <laughs> <Bye>. yeah <laughs>